listen to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Flannel Friday, February 15th. I had to wear my scarf in studio just so I'd have some flannel Some on flannel. Me. Yeah, I gotta fit in. Wait, I, we didn't inform our guests that we it's didn't. Flannel Friday, did we? <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, Flannel guys. Fridays <laughs> on the Coffee Hour in uh, January and February. And yeah. maybe March, I don't know. <laughs> maybe March this the year The way it's well. going. <laughs> <laughs> We have some uh, some great insights to share with you today from our friends in LCMS Youth Ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, wrapping up this three-phase study, man, this has been a long study, a lot of work, um, uh, definitely a labor of love, but really helpful insights, I believe, that are going to be useful to pastors, congregations, youth ministry professionals, mm-hmm. and parents as well. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about them at cuw.edu. Joining us in studio this morning, Juliana Schultz. She's fellow DCE and program <laughs> manager for Lutheran Young Adult Corps for the LCMS Office of National Mission, LCMS Youth Ministry. Juliana, good to have you back in studio this morning. Good to be here. Thanks for uh, for being here and uh, rounding things out, having a fellow DCE in this studio as well this morning. We had uh, one of our missionaries in studio earlier this week, um, or two of our missionaries, I should say, Mark and Megan uh, Manti in studio studio. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to balance That's things funny. out, all the DCEs in the studio. The Reverend Mark, <laughs> the Reverend Mark Kiesling, Director of Youth Ministry, uh, the LCMS Office of National Mission. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Uh, I know that uh, you all are, are quite busy. There's something going on this summer, I think. You're getting a few kids together, right? <laughs> a few. Absolutely. A few. Yeah, yeah, the few days thousand. are counting down. It's exciting. <laughs> how, many, how, many day, how many days? We try not to do that and look at that number that's on the website. Yeah, we, we just block that site right now. So yeah, with, it's That's getting down there, funny. but less than five months we know. So it's getting there. Wow. <laughs> uh, we're referring to LCMS National Youth Gathering taking place in Minneapolis, Minnesota this Just summer. Just a little thing. Looking forward to it. Maybe the coffee hour will be there this summer. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be super fun. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, I'm dressed appropriately. I hear there are some I lumberjack uh, I am so activities going on. I'm so excited for the lumberjack. <laughs> it's fun. We've gotten a chance to do it. It's it's an awesome time. I know. I'm so excited. I think that would make a fun live remote broadcast, right? Let's do some axe throwing Listening live Listening to me cringe air. as I throw out my back. <laughs> say, I like this brainstorming. This is good. This is There's good. like some chainsaw stuff too that happens. I don't know. Absolutely. Also in studio this morning, Ryan Kernett. He's the senior research analyst for LCMS Research Services. And uh, the guy who helps us un- understand the data and the numbers and all these things that we look at today. Ryan, we're so glad to have you in studio. Thanks for helping us interpret this morning. Glad to be here. Good morning. What is, uh, this has been uh, just a, a really extensive study. Um, it's a three-phase study looking at uh, youth and particularly young adults uh, in the LCMS and those who were in the LCMS. Give us an overview of this three-phase study. Who wants to address that? Yeah. Um, so the three phases of this study, the first was we, we went out to congregations to survey uh, congregations and get an understanding just what is the the scope of the situation with with young people in the church? Um, you know, so we 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 went out and surveyed congregations, asking them to look back at their confirmation records and let us know where those young people are today. So we could really get a measure of of have young people been leaving the church as people suspect, or or what what's really taking place. And um, you know, so, some of the big findings we we found in there really really the the big answer that gave us was. To understand that that there's been about a one in three retention rate since uh, confirmation, um, and 
that that helped us really understand this generation and 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 really understand the 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 scope of the problem as we went into the next phase of the research uh that one in three uh retention rate by the way that's actually been fairly consistent over the past few generations that wasn't necessarily unique to millennials um well then the second phase of the research was to to actually engage with millennials themselves. And so we went out with a survey. Gosh, that was already, that was fall of 2017. Wow. Uh, can't believe it's been that long now. Um, but we went out to millennials themselves and we actually heard back from over 2,000 uh, young people who grew up, who were, conf- who grew up or associated with the LCMS, most of whom, almost all of whom were confirmed in the LCMS, uh, but many of whom had left. We heard from uh, close to 400 individuals who who had left the LCMS, and we got their input, their feedback, and opinions and experiences on this survey, um, and so that gave us a, a great field of uh, of, of data, uh, understanding uh, just some of the, the the mindsets and experiences of these young people and their views. The third phase of this research, uh, which took place uh, over or in in 2018, just last year, and we've just been wrapping it up. Uh, was a series of focus groups, and these focus groups were were designed to help us sort of understand some of the feedback we got from the survey. When when we you do a survey, you can't really ask any follow up questions other than what you already put on the survey. It's mm-hmm. it's it's what you went out there and what you what you have. Well, the focus groups allowed us to to say, you know, we, we kept hearing certain words in the in the survey. We we heard words like relational and and warm and and authentic. Um, you know, kind of buzzword type words. Well, the focus groups gave us an opportunity to engage with young people, find out what those words mean, what's behind that, what what goes into those experiences and and those preferences. So, so that was really uh, the the three phases of this research. So those focus groups. When did those wrap up? Those were. Because I remember all the things going on on Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get people to to go to those. Yeah. Uh, they took place um, from May of 18 until August of 18, okay. so kind of yeah. over that that four-month period. Yeah. So uh, we ended up with about nine focus groups, just under 50 people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why was it so important to actually get people together uh, in person for these focus groups? One of the, one of the, the big draws about doing that, I, I mean, you can, you can always have a one-on-one interview, but it, it, seeing the interaction, um, the way that ideas play off of each other, and someone can say something that spurs something in another person, mm-hmm. uh, but they also it also allows for an inter- interplay and digging deeper into those ideas. If someone uses a buzzword, another person gets a chance to explain what that means to them, and, and you can hear if there are differences or, or maybe more likely consistency in, mm-hmm. in how they understand what the word say authentic means <laughs> and for our team as we try and translate the data into practical application for church workers for lay leaders for congregations we want to make sure that we're giving the right instructions when we when we do that and so part of that is we had several data points that we looked at and went well that could mean a lot of different things <laughs> we don't actually know what this data is telling us and so we need direct feedback from those young people to be able to say like okay this is what they're saying and this is how we respond to that what were some of the insights that you gained in those focus groups what are the things you know ryan mentioned a few words that you heard what were some things that you heard and you you learned from those focus groups uh 
First of all, I, the the young people who we asked to participate were very willing to give their thoughts and opinions. Um, <laughs> so I, my first instinct would be to say, like, uh, if you have a young adult in your congregation, ask them questions. They're going to give you good answers. <laughs> um, I think they were far more open than I expected them to be in terms of their personal experiences and what they were looking for. Uh, we talked again a lot about that. We wanted to kind of dive into that warm and welcoming, what their expectations were for congregations. Um, we learned a lot about, for me, that their expectations for a warm and welcoming congregation were not particularly high. They were not looking for a parade when they came in. <laughs> they were not looking for you to throw them a party every time they attended church, but they were looking for engagement. They mm -hmm. wanted to, they are looking for people to make eye contact and smile and explain where the bathrooms are and kind of those baseline things. And uh, for me to say it like, okay, we could maybe do that better as a church to make sure that we're very deliberately um, being uh, a warm and welcoming place and particularly having that expand out into um, as we teach and as we talk about difficult topics, they really want to dig in and understand and have open, honest conversations about where they're at. Um, we've heard from them. Being a Lutheran in today's world is hard. Um, help us navigate that. Be open to those conversations. Don't just say this is what we believe end of story period now we're moving on to this other thing um but walk with them and be in dialogue with a, a lot of that as well yeah were there any other any other insights <clears throat> i think one thing that uh i heard a lot over and over again listening to them um and sometimes the questions would gear to that but i was just very impressed and overwhelmed and again of course we understand this is the family of god but it was not real hard for these active lcms young people to come up with a person who had impacted their life and their walk with Christ, whether it was a parent, whether it was a pastor, whether it was another lay person, it was not hard for them to ask, answer a question about a person, or even if it was just an open-ended question, you heard them coming back to, well, I can still remember when this person in a difficult time prayed with me or shared, me the, wor shared the word of God with me or reached out to me. And so that was just one thing, again, that relational thing, we take it for granted sometimes, it's so easy, <laughs> but yet, man, you could see people who cared about them wrapped around them and stepping in at sometimes some difficult times and sharing the word of God, the love of Christ with them. And that was one thing that was just impactful for me that we heard, we heard that in the research too, but then to hear them just tell the story and it was like, okay, that wasn't just some, you know, Holy Spirit out of the air thing. It was a person moved by the Holy Spirit to connect with these people and the beauty of the family of God in that way was really neat to see. One of the uh, the great quotes I have written down is that uh, somebody said time and again, I was loved on by church workers and they had gotten to know me and been real with me. So I really thought I think that was a huge thing. Those people who impact their faith as well. That was significant to them that that people knew them, that their congregation, their church workers uh, knew who they were, what they were about and took mm -hmm. the time to mm -hmm. do that. Want to dig a little bit deeper. We need to take a quick break. When we come back from that, we'll dig deeper and learn what can this mean for us from here? What can we do with what we've gained from this research? You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
Hi, this is Bart Day, President and CEO of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Every day, our Lutheran schools reach out to children and families with the love of Jesus. Our schools are a rich and vital component of the church, and in fact, they are the single greatest ministry we share that can shape the future growth and expansion of the Synod. And so whether it's a customized loan to fit your school's particular needs or help living out your ministry's God-given purpose, we want to help your ministry flourish and grow. So visit us at lcef.org to learn more. On the next adventure in Odyssey, Jules finds herself trapped by Vance. Whatever you say, you'll incriminate yourself. Are you ready for that? Think it through before you ever threaten me again. And the truth about the perilous pen is revealed. No, it can't be. What, what, who is it? You'll see for yourself. No, it can't be. It is. Don't miss the excitement on the next adventure in Odyssey. Saturday mornings at 8.30 on KFUO. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. What theological questions may be on your mind for the next broadcast of Law and Gospel on Open Mic Friday? It can be anything at all, or you may want to talk about what we spoke of concerning the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and also creationism. Listen to Law and Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 9.30 on KFUO. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Flannel Friday <laughs> and uh, February 15th. Man, all kinds of alliteration happening today. That's kind of my thing. Uh, yes, actually, <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, we are taking a look at the uh, the research um, from the, well, really, it's been for the last few years. It's mm -hmm. three-phase study uh, from LCMS Youth Ministry, taking a look at young adults and um, their uh, their uh, retention, really, in the, uh, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and what has been most important to them. And so the three-phase study included surveys and uh, to congregations, to young adults, as well as um, some focus groups. And that's what we were talking about right before uh, we went to break. So uh, we were talking about some of the things that you learned from those focus groups, the insights that you heard, and particularly, it sounded like relationships particularly with, with adults in their congregation, mm -hmm. adults who, who showed interest, took time to get to know them, and had meaningful conversations with them, is what I heard you saying uh, before that. Um, so what then does this mean? What can we do the, with this uh, now that we know this? You know, Now that we know that that's what was significant to that generation, does that mean that's significant for this next generation as well? And um, can we... Is there any hope for regaining those who are lost? <laughs> I mean, all the fun questions right. that you must have the perfect answers to, right? <laughs> who wants? <laughs> no one wants to answer that. 
<laughs> we just we just gave the data. We don't have an age. No. Um, <laughs> so I think one of the things that we saw both in the data and in the focus groups was um, really the importance of asking young people to be leaders, um, to have load bearing leadership roles within their congregations. Um, we saw markers of higher retention in the congregations that had young leaders under 32. Um, but we also heard that echoed from young people who said, we want mentors to teach us how to be good leaders. We know we're not experienced, but we want opportunities to step in. This is our church too. We want to engage in those ways. And so being able to do that is um, is a big thing for congregations. And that's an easy step for you to take on looking around, trying to find those young people, figuring out how you can offer them service and leadership roles. So that's uh, that's a good base to start with, but there's plenty of other things as well. I think going back to that relationship thing uh, we saw again all across the data, uh, two relationships we want to key on is uh, relationship between parents and their children. Um, and so just again, it's nothing that's earth shattering, stuff that we know, it's in scripture, it's in our history, it's in our kind of DNA as a church body too, but the importance of parents as, as, uh, as really teachers of the faith, as well as setting an example for their children. Um, and so really just saw that beautiful thing that happens when uh, even when parents actually don't have all the answers that they can say, but I know who does scripture or what does scripture has it. The church does our, our family of God has those answers. Let's bring that to the church. Um, and for young, for parents to talk about when they're wrestling with things too, and where kind of faith and life meet and how they return to the scriptures. And uh, again, to what we hold as Christians and their belief in their lives of service was vitally important. And then also, again, as we said to that relationship with the church and, and especially one thing that, I think for me, and it was part of, I think when we were talking about the research, that there's a lot of research out about this, and we wanted to test this kind of within our LCMS waters a little bit and get feedback, with, but those transitions, and especially, obviously, the transition from high school to college. Mm -hmm. And we just, I don't, just starkly yeah. in our data, showed yes, again where that is a key part where we lose connection with our young people is when they head off to college or military service or career post high school. And again, I think like Juliana said, it's one of those things to where it's, it's, it's big and there's a lot of things that could be done, but it's probably again where maybe some churches could ratchet up maybe an effort a little bit that if, you know, if you had a, a leaky faucet, you're going to fix that leak. And we got this thing where we can see data wise. And we knew that too, from other research that this is about that maybe we could put a little bit more research and time and energy into, to keep that relationship post high school graduation could be a huge step for congregations and for families and for young people to keep them connected to the church. Yeah. Was there, are there, are there tangible things that came out of, out of this, of, of, uh, of, of real steps that, that churches um, or pastors or, or leaders can take? Yeah. I mean, there were, there were, uh, supremely practical ones like we had a quarter of the congregations we talked to who didn't have usable records <laughs> how can you keep track of people accurately if you don't have usable records mm -hmm. uh so some stuff that's basic like that and then there's also this really kind of um much harder to pin down sense of uh the environment of the church has this huge impact on your attention and how do you um create an environment that is uh, warm and that has challenge and that has grace for those things uh that's a lot harder yes. <laughs> that's, that's why we're writing uh, a lot of material around this is because we're we're going like that isn't something as easy for us to do um but certainly things like um, volunteer longevity or even pastoral longevity 
staff longevity mm-hmm. makes a huge impact and we saw a much better retention rate in congregations if the pastor had been around for the confirmation that we were asking them about <laughs> today mm-hmm. he just had a, a better record of them um he knew them those when those relationships last over time um then that impacts the ability to keep young people kind of in the circle <laughs> drawing them back in mm-hmm. um which is which is really powerful and we think that can be true of, of any volunteer not just your pastor certainly of your pastor but pastors take calls church workers take calls um but of long-term volunteers so thinking less about a volunteer just for a fifth grade classroom but is that volunteer going to follow those that group all the way up through high school or be engaged over the long term with those young people as a way to continue to draw them back in so what I'm hearing then is intergenerational relationships that are key, you know, mature Christians who are mentoring or modeling what it means to be a member of the body of Christ as an adult or at any age, really, um, so that they have that relationship, that mentoring relationship, uh, that friendship, really, throughout the their young adulthood or their, their youth and young adulthood. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think in that, some of the things we saw too, that, you know, if you were to look back maybe into some ministry things from a hundred years ago or so, is that I think sometimes the church and maybe in particular context too, is still trying to catch up with the fact that we're in a mobile society now. Mm-hmm. And so to help from the get-go to talk about lifelong faith practices and life in the church. So they're not going to, you're not going to, you might be raising and, and investing into this young person, but to know very well, there's a high chance they may not end up at your congregation as an adult, but man, let's love on that young person and connect them so that when they do transition, they're mm-hmm. still in the church. And so I think sometimes too, we can get so focused on just how many young people are in church on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. and to not lose track that they, they're going to, they may leave. They're, they're going to take jobs. They're going to go to college, but man, we want to see that person in heaven. And so how are we investing in them to help them make that transition that it's not just mm-hmm right Sunday morning, right here in our context, but how do we see the bigger church and make those connections? And I think to what you say, Andy, is that relationship even continues. I mean, these are these are people who are baptized in our churches, confirmed in our churches, were planted, watered. How do we keep that relationship going to keep them connected to their, where that faith was maybe first started and nurtured so mm-hmm. that we see them as adults in the church? And that can be a hard shift sometimes. It's easy to get focused on the day in, day out in the week but to form those relationships so that can continue to happen to be caring for the young person. Yeah, I know that uh, just from being the millennial, uh, from my personal experience going from my, my childhood church where I grew up through to college, I mean, I had that relationship. And so whenever I was home, my pastor was like, hey, yeah. how is church? How are you going every week? Do you need help finding a church? You know, how is your relationship with the people there? He was checking up on yes. me. And then when I started living in Chicago and then I moved here, it was the same thing with my pastor in Chicago. We asked him for recommendations. He gave us a list of mm-hmm. pastors and churches to check out. And then, you know, he we keep in contact on Facebook now awesome. because we can. But that's that has made a big difference because you know that you you still have that support at every church that you've yes. been to. Yes. And you, you can go back to them and, and talk with them about, about things. And, for all the, and I think that's one thing, too, for all the negative things we can say about social media. Man, what a yeah. blessing of social mm-hmm. media there to keep that connection. Um, just talk with the friend who's a pastor and that's kind of something he's taken up. He's like, I'm going back and I'm thinking through, he's been about ministry for over a decade now. He goes, I got social media that I can connect with young people that mm-hmm. I confirmed. I'm gonna go back mm-hmm. and check yeah. in with them because of that blessing to be able to have that. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, it can be a blessing that way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In the focus groups, it's clear that relationships with, with adults in the congregation were significant. Was there anything unique about their relationship with pastors that, that uh, came to surface in the focus groups? Was there anything? Mm-hmm. 
We, I mean, we didn't particularly ask that question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we can see pretty strongly uh, that the that when a pastor cares, when they feel as a pastor cares about them personally, that does have an impact. We saw that pretty clearly in the data. So we <laughs> we had a really limited time with them, so that sure. wasn't necessarily something. But it certainly is uh, an important thing for their for their pastors and for other key adults to to be people who they can say, yeah, we. I have people in my congregation who care and love for me. Hmm. What does this mean from here? What kind of uh, resources can uh, are you working on? What direction are we going from here in terms of resources? I know it's still it's still early in the game. I mean, you're still <laughs> sorting through all the the things that you've learned from this. Um, any ideas what what ways this will be useful to congregation or what types of resources might be uh, prepared for congregations or parents or yeah, so we have uh, shorter blog posts that are going up already on the eSource. Um, so if you go to the youthesource.com, uh, that's the LCMS uh, Youth Ministry website, uh, you can look at all the data. We've already done three webinars and we have discussion guides. So if you have a leadership team, you can look through that data and listen to or, and, and discuss that. Uh, we're working on a book, uh, but that we have, <laughs> I couldn't tell you when that's coming out. Um, Got some other things going on this A couple year. other things that are happening. Uh, but we're also hoping that in the in the next uh, year to two years, we're going to be able to start producing a curriculum resources or strategic kind of pieces that'll help with, with particular aspects of this. So the bulk of it's out, but we would love to talk more about money, some of those things later. We would love it. We would. <laughs> Excellent. Juliana Schultz, Program Manager for Lutheran Young Adult Corps and the LCMS Office of National Mission. Thanks so much for being here this morning. And uh, I caught you as you were drinking your coffee, sorry. <laughs> you did. Thanks for having me. <laughs> the Reverend Mark Kiesling, Director of Youth Ministry, LCMS Office of National Mission. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. And Ryan Kernett, Senior Senior Research Analyst for LCMS Research Services. Thanks so much for being here. Glad to be here. That does it for this week. And... Uh, Flannel Friday. Flannel Friday. It's a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.